Ladies and gentlemen of the PWF Empire, thank you all for tuning in to this special edition of the PWF Empire podcast. We're going to be doing things a little differently on this specific episode, and I would like you all just to sit back, relax, and give this show a chance. You know we usually talk about all things WWE, but we're going to be venturing outside of that specific pro wrestling empire and going across the pond for what culture pro wrestling not too long ago they had a show this was an internet pay-per-view a wcpw no regrets and we're going to be talking about that today and who are we of course i am jay and i'm joined on the hosting panel tonight by andrew and also micah so two of the noobs for PWF Empire. Even though, Andrew, technically you've been associated with PWF Empire for a while now, I still think the audience is in like an exploratory, you know, position with you. They're still trying to figure out who you are. Oh, absolutely. They. I think the only thing they know about me is I'm apparently a Pete Dunn's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you did that uh, Triple H uh, possible replacement opponent at WrestleMania when we were unsure about Seth Rollins. Yes, that was Andrew in that video. And something that I know about you, when it comes to this What Culture Pro Wrestling, I don't know, like, are you on commission with them or something? Because you've been (laughs) trying, this dude on the show, off the show, has been really trying to get me to watch What Culture Pro Wrestling. And I finally did with this uh, No Regrets show. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. I want to start off acknowledging the fact that there are a lot of people who maybe are giving the show a chance right now they're like i don't know what what culture is but you know i'll check it out because i trust these guys or at least they trust me and i trust you so it's like you know we'll we'll follow along what is what culture pro wrestling uh what culture pro wrestling is a wrestling promotion that's run by the what culture wwe youtube channel slash website And that was one of the main reasons why I originally started watching and continued watching. Because when it first started, it was a little rough, man. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. They, they had some growing pains, but as the company has gotten bigger and gotten things more in line, it's just gotten better. And one of the main reasons why I was quote unquote up your butt about it is because I think it's really important for us as a wrestling YouTube channel Mm -hmm. to go out and support the other wrestling YouTube channel because I mean at the end of the day that's kind of our goal right if we ever got big enough Jay would probably die to run his own wrestling promotion I would I would (laughs) not even a second thought from Jay Mm -hmm. (laughs) no exactly so I just think it's important for us to take them and at the time when I was getting you to record it I don't think everyone took it as seriously as they do now now if you look at that promotion and you're not considering it one of probably top top 10 and that's probably a little uh underselling it promotions right now in the world then you're just you know oblivious it usurps tna and that's an american state uh program i know people who know of wcpw than tna that says something because what culture was a internet site i remember i used to just see random things of them on my facebook of just like oh what culture top 10 yada 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 and then one day they started reporting that they're going to start doing wrestling shows like what the hell is this uh by the way this is micah at micah kool-aid speaking to everyone uh i watched the very first wcpw show and just as andrew says it it had its growing pains it was tough there were multiple wrestlers that i had no real connection to that they really wanted me to cheer for and I really didn't like a lot of the styles. Since then I've kept my eye on them because I do regularly watch and read up on what culture pro wrestling, sorry, what culture in general, um, reports and all sorts of things uh, that they that they post stuff. But WCPW has always been over to the side for me, but they signed a lot of big famous wrestlers across the globe just to come there. We can go with indie wrestlers, Jay Lethal, Adam Cole, uh, um, indie, indie wrestlers in the States. I think Michael Elgin showed up at one point. Uh, hey. Then they also went to Kurt Angle, 
Kurt uh, freaking Angle. Yeah. Cody Rhodes is, is a regular there now. They have Drew Galloway floating around. They've they've extended to Mexico. They're across the globe. They're even uh and they plug it in the show a lot actually. And they're doing a tournament, a World Cup tournament for each country. And personally, for me, that sounds awesome. And uh, I, I, as I said earlier, I'm not a regular of watching what culture for wrestling, but uh, Andrew uh, posed the option to do a review, and I'm always up for any wrestling. Uh, I watch multiple avenues, and I, me, wrestling isn't just WWE. Hell, most of the people that we see in WWE started off in the indies, and for me, I like to see the transgression from there, how they get into the program of the WWE, and how WWE will take that individual and mold them into something or not anywho besides that uh so watching world culture pro wrestling after a full episode from beginning to end was very interesting i'm very excited to do this review okay i got a few more questions because as you all know i'm a wrestling fan as well however <laughs> i am not that big of a wrestling fan to a point where it's like any pro wrestling out there, I'll watch it. There has to be something that's unique about you, that's distinct about your style. It has to be well-defined. And if not that, whatever it is that you do that somebody else does, you have to be the best or near the top of the damn field. Like, you have to be extraordinary in some form or fashion for me to venture outside of admittedly my bubble to give you a shot if you could describe the style of what culture pro wrestling how would you describe it i would describe it as the hard hittingness of the uk scene so you probably saw that a lot in the wwe uk tournament and you're going to see it in their new uh weekly uk show but with the flair of WWE um, because when you're seeing it I feel like the matches they're a lot harder hitting and more stiff than your typical WWE match um, but they still have that that over the top flair that WWE does and that could possibly be because it's a huge um, smorgasbord if you will of talent from all over the world former WWE guys lucha guys and I just I think that's one of its selling points um, is that you're getting a certain style, but you're also getting a bunch of matches you never thought you would see uh, because they're not they're not bound uh, by any kind of contracts or anything like that, and they seem to have a good working relationship with everybody. So they're always borrowing wrestlers from TNA, Lucha, you know, everywhere, and I think that that's probably its main selling. Point. Alrighty then, without further ado, I'm going to turn the floor over to Micah and Andrew and go ahead and deliver your review for WCPW No Regrets. Sure, absolutely. So I figured where we would start is, you know, we would just work our way from the bottom of the card up to the top of the card. Uh, we would discuss, you know, what people impressed us, different things along those lines, what people didn't impress us so much <laughs> and uh, everything in between. Um, so the very first match of the night was Juventud Guerrera and Ray Phoenix versus Drago and El Hio de Dos Caras. Um, this match was fine. Um, it was a good way to open up the show, uh, having the four uh, Lucha guys slash uh, Hispanic wrestlers go at it um, because they all have very similar styles. It's a pretty faster style. And the match itself was pretty good. Um on a side note, I don't know why Hoovy is wearing a mask again. Uh, they haven't said. I really hope that he's not wearing a mask and they didn't wear make him wear a mask just because he's Hispanic, if that makes sense. Because I know they're doing the World Cup stuff, so I hope they're not just forcing him into a mask if he doesn't want to cool. be. Uh, to uh they definitely plug a lot during his con con during his motions and actions in the match that he is a very famous luchador i have honestly god never heard of him uh, until this moment and That's i believe and i believe definitely uh he 
did wear a mask though. I did some little further research and there was a period where he was doing a mask, you know, for, uh, uh, for luchadors, especially in obviously Mexico, when you lose your mask, that's it. You cannot put on another mask. Rey Mysterio, uh, uh, definitely did that in WCW. A lot of people don't know this. He did lose his mask and it was very hard for him when he went to WWE to put back on the mask because in regular lucha lore, when you lose your mask, you are not allowed to put it back on. I, I, put it back I think on. everybody knows that, though. Cause, oh, true. Yeah, they always talk trash about Rey Mysterio from that perspective. Yeah, but uh, I'm surprised you don't know who Hoovy is. He was in WCW, and he had a stint in WWE for a few years uh, he's as a part, part of the, the Mexicals. Yep, the Mexicals. Uh, I remember the Mexicals. I only remember Superfly mostly because I, for some reason, found him the most entertaining. Uh, Hoovitude in WCW. Jay knows this. I really didn't watch WCW that much. Um, but to me, for the match, uh, uh, for me, I literally write sloppy. To me, um, there are plenty of periods here that there are just random botches, mostly done by Drago, in my opinion. He seems to be off. Just by a smidget. Um, like he, he's not able to catch someone at the right time or he's just off in positioning. Just an inch shorter than what he needs to be. Uh, and also, it's very clear uh, that Dos Caras and Drago do not tag often because at least twice in the match that they tag while they're both inside of the ring. Um, <laughs> one in particular is Dos Caras because I can't say the whole name. But first off, before I continue, Dos Caras was extremely impressive to me. I found his lucha style because it's always the smaller dudes. And to him, he was smaller, but he was much bigger than all the other competitors. And he moved just as fast as they did, but he also showed his dominance and strength. Uh, in particular, he, for me, he felt like watching literally Bane from Batman. If Batman was fighting Bane from the old school cartoons, that's how I would see Dos Caras moving. I could think like, of that. And I was like, oh, man, that guy looks really cool. And I liked him like enough that I was like, I want to see more of him. And I might go and look him up at later periods uh, when I have the downtime randomly. But as I said, there were plenty of times where like uh, Dos Caras in particular near the end was in his corner. And then Drago just came out of nowhere inside the ring and tagged him when Dos Caras was leaning on the ropes in his corner. And then they were like, that's a tag. Doesn't seem like he knows the real tag rules, but that's a tag right now. They just had to retcon it. <laughs> and um, yeah. go ahead. No, yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Uh, Drago, he, seem, he's seemingly, he's, I mean, he's pretty good in general. Um, I know he's a little bit older. He's in his 40s now. Wow. Um yeah, he's he's one of the older guys there. Um, but you're right, he was seemingly off. I don't know. One of the um, announced, I think Matt Stryker actually made a good point. Um, he was saying that in Mexico that the ring ropes are much tighter. And yes. I don't. I noticed every time one of them tried to go off the ropes at all or do any kind of aerial move, they all stopped and froze for a quick second because there was a lot more give in it. And I'm not it trying to make excuses for them but that may have been a part of it no no it's not an excuse you're correct it's very clear and there's other matches further on in the show that shows that they're they're used to their method and the ways that they were and the areas that they were at i'm pretty sure wcw wcpw contacts them says hey you're gonna have a match trying probably get a little bit prepared for it but they also haven't been in that ring so they haven't really uh what is it assimilated correctly to uh, the ring's ropes, the ring's positioning, their ring was massive compared to a regular WCPW match, but that's because of the main event later on in the show, which we'll get to. But you're right. Uh, definitely the ring ropes and whatnot definitely uh, played into the lucha style of, of competitors. And as I said, uh, that Dos Caras stood out to me. Really, really good work from uh, Phoenix, in my opinion. That guy knows very well how his body works and how to move correctly with it, and how to shine when he does his things. He is a very, very good luchador that uh, that I think if he ever, for example, as I said, everyone always wants to go to WWE. If you can't go to WWE, you go to New Japan Pro Wrestling or whatever. Um, 
I think Phoenix in particular would look really good at a WWE ring because even though he he may have messed up one or two times, it's clear that he still knows way way good with his body and his motions for his uh his he did a, a springboard um, roundhouse kick to the head off the ropes. It it looked so fluid so well from him. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with that. Um, those two kind of carried the match i mean Hoovy was fine he yeah. i don't think i don't think he did anything special either way um drago i agree with you he was a little bit of the hindrance in the match which is surprising because he's such a veteran but i mean on a side note i think drago has my favorite luchador mask of all time his I got, his outfit is just badass i gotta go with pentagon personally <laughs> it's so freaking cool all right, man. Uh, uh, Jeff, and Jeff, and uh, well, we, we also need to tell them that uh, in the end, Phoenix scores the win for his team, or is it Hoovitude? I think it's Phoenix. I believe I believe so. Yes. Yeah, Phoenix scores the win with uh, with his with with uh, his whatever his finisher is. I didn't know it off the top of my head, but <laughs> he hits it on uh, Dos Caras. Yes, Dos Caras takes the pin, and uh, they. They celebrate and they set up for the next for the main show to begin. That was a that was a special match for the audience. Yeah, and you know earlier when you kind of said it was good but sloppy, I think that kind of encapsulates this entire show. Yeah, which we will we will get to. Um, before we move on, is there anything you want to say about it, Jay? I don't anything agree with as, that. As... I agree with Micah when he talked about um L L. Hijo de Dos Santos, he was pretty impressive to me. And um, basically the way that he was physically imposing and how they uh, played that into the match. So he's a guy that I'm going to look to and probably check out to see what else he does from that point on. Cool. So I know you're not going to do all the part of the review for it, but every once in a while I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some questions, let you know, because you know the least about the show. And I'm sure out of everyone here, our audience is most interested in what you think. Uh, that, that, so. I, I hope that's not the the the, the draw of the show because I <laughs> in, in that case this is like the damn Titanic is going down so I'm I'm gonna need you two to be the captains if right. if I have anything to say I'll jump in fair enough but honestly um, like I'm listening as I am or as if I am a member of the audience because for me like I don't know. But, but like I said, I'm listening as if I am a member of the audience because I want to hear from people who actually have at one point or another been invested in what culture pro wrestling. I want to hear things from your perspective to see maybe if you see something that I didn't see where it's like, OK, let me give this another look. So I'm just a member of the audience here. All right. Cool. <clears throat> so after that, uh, the main show started, uh, which first started off with Stu Bennett coming out to do commentary, uh, formerly known as Wade Barrett. Uh, first off, he was great on commentary. He was immediately better than um, Bradshaw. And <laughs> by the way, not not JBL. The guy's actual last name is Bradshaw, and I can't remember his first name. And uh, Matt Stryker. Matt Stryker's good. I don't. I, I've never had anything against him, but Stu Bennett was immediately better than both, and I sincerely doubt he had any more information than anyone else there. He probably was the least informed. Um, but the, the first match of the night of the actual official card was Travis Banks versus Penta L Zero M, um, with Travis Banks, let's just get that way, uh, defeating uh, Penta, getting the pinfall. And this match was good but and this is gonna come as a surprise to some people but this was a little bit too indie for me and i know that may whenever you hear me talk i'm a big proponent of the indie scene um but and i just could not get over travis banks no selling a canadian destroyer i'm so happy you freaking said that first off uh to to bounce off of that I am tired of everyone saying whatever country you're from, strong style. Strong style is either uh, a Shinsuke Nakamura's thing or 
Roderick Strong's thing because his last name is Strong. Every like that like there's like five people that show up in this pay per view and they're like, oh man, Newcastle Strong style. Oh man, uh, uh, Nigeria Strong style. It's just random. Wherever the hell I'm from, strong style. I'm like, stop trying to piggyback off of the new hot word, like, like lit. It's like using lit over and over and over again. I hate that word. First off, before I continue, um, uh, Andrew put it completely correct that it was too indie. Um, how can I put it? Right now, honestly, before the show started, I have a PWG DVD on in my living room right now. Uh, and PWG does a very good method of that. Yeah, they take hits, and they, like, kick out of most of everything, but they do still sell the damage. They either look exhausted or for their arms or whatever or their ligaments that are damaged. They really kind of, like, try to sell that it's hurt. In this match, Pentagon at one point does a package pile driver to Travis Banks on the ring apron, which... Everyone always says is the most hardest <laughs> thing of the ring. And he just gets up, gets in the ring, hits uh hits Pentagon Jr. with a slice of heaven, which is his finisher called which is a springboard roundhouse kick, and pins him. Like nothing. And then he he's not exhausted, he's not tired, he just gets up like, Yep, I just whooped that ass. All right, I'm done. It, yeah, it, it was a little off for me, man. And both of these guys have had really good matches in the past in yeah. WCPW. I don't know what it was. Um, I think their styles didn't quite mesh, which is kind of a thing that can happen in this kind of promotion. While you're going to get matchups you've never seen before, uh, there are matchups that might just not you might just not have chemistry with them. Um, I still think technically the match was good. It was fine. Um, but I just can't get over no selling a Canadian destroyer, man. He literally got right back up. Yeah. That, uh... <clears throat> My note is that I put well wrestled. It was, it is, they, they did their styles very well. Uh, Pentagon did a lot more moves, like did slams and whatnot, while Travis Banks did a lot more striking, but none of his strikes actually looked like painful. And at one point, uh, Pentagon Jr. had Travis Banks on the ring post outside. He was chopping him. And at one point, Pentagon goes to chop Travis Banks at one of the ring posts. Travis Banks moves and he hits his hand on the ring post. And then Pentagon like screams out in agony. And then two seconds later, he's doing his zero miedo thing with that same hand, and like nothing happened. And I just I, I don't accept that personally. It was a good match, as I said, it was well wrestled, but uh, yeah, as you said, it just didn't mesh well. Yeah, and I like if you've heard me a few times on those different podcasts and last Mark Standing. Um, my match of the year last year was Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. So I'm not, I am not completely immune to no selling stuff and that particular style, but this match just went over the line. Um, uh, Travis Banks going over. I like it. He's one of their, I think you brought it up earlier that this is something that they do. Um, I think he's a really talented dude and I think he's going to do really good work in WCPW. Um, but just, I can't get over it. It's, it's fine. This match um, executed. Yeah. It's probably in terms of execution and non botches. This is probably one of the better matches of the night. If you're just looking for something that encapsulates everything indie, this is a match for you. But other than that, I, it, you know, this is yeah. not the match I would show to people who are don't like the indie style. Um, like there's uh, other people who work for PWF Empire. I Tony, like I would not show her this match. She would. <laughs> she she would, would. She would wreck you. Exactly. <laughs> she, just, she would tear you to shreds. Oh, I'm getting flashbacks when she did tear me to shreds. Uh, and, and just as we said in the previous match of that, if the person impressed me and I would go back and look at them, like, for example, I can't say his full name, so I just call him Dos Caras. Um, I'm going to go look at stuff for him, Travis Banks. If I see him again, I'm going to, like, watch and see if that he, if he, if in the next match he'll improve, like, upon his selling. But I have no aspirations, really, that that's going to make me go out of my way to go look at him again. I already know Pentagon from Lucha Underground, which I still haven't finished watching. 
And Pentagon did very uh, always entrance me with not only his look but his his way of being a heel luchador, which is never done in WWE. Um, and I found that sorry, never done in WWE unless you are a copy of a face. In case example, Sin Cara Negro. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, Travis Banks. He did okay, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to look at him again. All right. So now we're gonna be moving on to the next match of the night, and oh, oh dear God, this was the worst match, but a match I really wanted to be good. It was Brandy Rhodes uh, versus Prince Amin. Brandy Rhodes uh, married to Cody Rhodes uh, was in the WWE devel- developmental system for a while. Um, and Prince, I mean, he's, he's a good character. I don't think he's that great of a in, in ring worker. Uh, he's a guy that can get a lot of reactions from the crowd, but he's not somebody that can carry a match. And dear God, Brandy Rhodes is green. She is not, not ready. Um, this match, I wanted it to be good. The storyline is ridiculous. Um, saying they're basically fighting because Prince Amin disrespected Brandy Rhodes' dog, which is stupid, but <laughs> I really want to... And can I just jump good. in here really quickly? From the tweet that they showed on the screen, it wasn't him disrespecting... It wasn't disrespecting, yeah. No, it, w- it wasn't him disrespecting her dogs. Like He said something like taking her on a magic carpet ride. And... Yeah. So it was what actually happened in real life was worse than she made it out to be. Like she made it out like the feud was about disrespecting the dogs. I'm like, no, he disrespected you. And it, I don't know that that was the weird part to me. I was sitting there like, wait a minute, no, no? but okay, yeah, I could see that. Um, um, I wanted this match to be good, man. There's not very many male versus female matches out there. And in this time, this may be getting a little bit too political, but in this time where there, you know, the women's revolution, WWE, um, all of this, you know, women are equal to men thing. I wanted this match to be good, but Brandy Rhodes just did not live up to her end of the bargain. And oh my goodness, there was that one spot where Prince Amin basically threw himself over the barricade. Um, yeah. to try to match where she was. It, this is the worst match on the card, but I wanted it to be the best match on the card. See, I'm going to get some flack. It was, it, I'll say this for sure, it definitely was not the best match on the card or even close to a good match, but it was entertaining to me, oddly. Um, before I begin, I don't really personally like women versus men matches, and I have this dispute with a friend of uh, a very important person to me um, multiple times that she believes that in the world now uh, and the way that WWE always projects it, that she thinks that some of those women can be able to beat men and that they should show it. I don't understand why she thinks that, but um, that is how she feels. And I can't, I can't be mad at her for how she feels and, and her opinion about it. But in that spectrum of that, uh, when I do see men versus women matches, Joey Ryan versus a bajillion women across the United States, Candice LeRae, she is the wife of uh, uh, Johnny Gargano, and uh, she was on the actually most recent NXT episode. She's there for like a hot second. Um, but she, uh, they have matches, and sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're okay. This was not either of those. But... I will say, Brandy looked very good. Brandy, for everyone on uh, that is listening, used to be a ring announcer, actually, under the name Eden Styles, and she was dating Cody. At one point, they did get married in the round in the time where Cody and her were uh, with WWE, probably I think for like a year or two. When Cody left, Brandy is damn sure ride or die chick, because she had a tenure. She she could have stayed for another year, completely been fine. And she said, no, I want to go with my man. And she went and left WWE to go across the world wrestling with her husband. And for that, I got to I gotta commend the woman. That is to leave a set job where you are getting paid. Hell, I'll look at John Morrison and Mal- uh, Melina. Um, and 
and all the times that Melina left and came back and John Morrison's hair, he's like, I ain't leaving. I'm getting paid. Whatever, Melina. Um, that That is commendable. But this is the first time I've ever seen Brandy wrestle, ever. And uh, I, I, I'm upset that it was against another male, especially Prince Amin, because I don't like his style at all. Um, it's there's, His style is just random things here and there. He was like a choke slam at one point on Brandy, which I did, which to me, when I saw it, I was like, that's all right. But how can I put it? If I had, if this had been on a regular WWE show, I would have turned my TV or I would have just looked away and maybe made my TV. If this was on an NXT show, I would have been like, that's better than anything Liv Morgan has ever given me. I hate Liv <laughs> Um <laughs> uh, But besides that, um, Brandy, the, the, the feud in particular about the dogs was silly. I did like the way that they packaged it with that in the end that Amin was going to hit his finisher, which was a magic carpet ride. Yes, everyone, it is a basically frog splash with a carpet, and he falls on top of you with the carpet, and then he pins you. Um, that is his finish. But the thing was that Prince Amin sent Brandy, I think, said uh, carpet. To like put in her house somewhere, and she used it as a uh, as a um, place to have her dog sit on and maybe even uh, poop on. And Prince Amin was gonna get his revenge by using said carpet on her, and she moved out of the way. She picked up the carpet herself and hit the move on uh, on Prince Amin, thus pinning him and getting the win. And then they were like, ah, all that internet beef, all that all that uh, all that trash that we were doing. Let's let's hug it out. Let's act like it didn't happen. It wasn't a good match, as you said, on the whole card. It had to probably be the worst match, but I was entertained, oddly enough. I'm I mean, just... I mean, when you watch a train wreck, it's it's interesting to watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. I, I just wish it was better. Um, and by oh, the yeah. way, not that I'm defending him in any way, but I believe his particular moveset in this match was simple because he needed to make sure that it was executed okay by her. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. I can when you say that I can see that. Uh as I said, I have no intentions of ever looking anything Prince on me. And by the way, before everyone thinks of that, if you ever watch 205 live um and see Arya Davari, who is a lot actually improved, his finisher and when he does it uh, is called the Magic Carpet Ride. And on the indies, he did the same exact thing as Prince Ami. And for me, I'm like, y'all, you can do better than that. Don't be a stereotype. Don't I mean, st- at the very <laughs> least, at least he's a comedic character. And yeah, yeah. the only the only thing I think I enjoyed about the match was his, like, unbeliefs, like his facial reactions and his different things along those lines during the match. But other than that, like, this, like, this is going into negative stars territory for me. Yeah, uh, uh, there's nothing more to really talk about it. It wasn't good. Uh, I'll keep my eye on Brandy. I'm not gonna look at anything from Pennsylvania. Exactly. So after what was the worst match of the night, in my opinion, the best match of the night uh, was up next. Huh. It was a triple threat match for the WCPW Internet Championship: um, Gabriel Kidd versus Cody Rhodes, uh, the American Nightmare. And Joe Hendry, uh, with the finish coming up as Gabriel Kidd finally gets his first win by rolling up Cody Rhodes uh, and winning the championship. Um, Great match, good stories going into it. Joe Hendry uh, somewhat recently went through a heel turn, um, becoming uh, one of the members or slash leaders of Prestigious. Cody Rhodes is was the defending champion. He's been there a lot. I think he has, I, I might be wrong about this, but I think he had the longest championship reign in WCPW history um, and was constantly coming back. And Gabriel Kidd wrestled on the very first episode of WCPW and still hadn't won oh, yet. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, he, he was in the very opening match for WCPW. And to come where he is, how far he's come, is great in the match it was crisp it was fast um there was i can't remember any significant botches there was good stories going throughout it and the finish made it all worth it because not only did gabriel kidd win but cody rhodes sold it like 
holy crap, I just lost my championship to this kid, like to this nobody. And you could see it on his face. He was upset. He was pissed. He was also proud of him because at the end, he crowned Gabriel Kidd saying, you deserve this. You you did this. And I just think that it was the perfect match on this card. Is it not, not perfect, but it was the best match on this card. When I look over my notes, I can't disagree. This this was a very good match, and all three men looked exceptionally good. And very good kudos to the commentary team. As as I stated at the very beginning of the show, I haven't kept up with WCPW on a regular basis. So Joe Hendry and Gabriel Kidd, to me, are just these guys. And when they do the first off, their video packaging before matches are very, very good. Whoever, I don't know what kind of British full sale they got there, but those <laughs> kids be going, and they are, like, on their job, though. Um, the, the video package that they set up for the match actually had uh, prestigious, and it showed Joe Hendry and his, and his heel turn and all of his antics now, and that Gabriel Kidd was this kid who was standing up to these bad guys and saying, no, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to be better than you. That gave me, right there, a very clear-cut personalization as to each who each one of them is. Joe Hendry is a heel who's very snarky and believes that he's better than everyone. Gabriel Kidd is a kid who just doesn't want to stand, who doesn't want to take their crap. And then... Oh, uh, by the way, how, he's so young. He's only 19. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can look at our uh, WWE United Kingdom champion, uh, Tyler Bate. He's literally 20 years old. And then I'm 26 here, Florida. That's crazy. Loving my life. <laughs> but he's an international superstar. British knows how to really pump out these young up-and-coming stars. And I'm going to keep my eye on both of these guys because they're very entertaining. Um, Cody and also the way that they tied the match for the both of them because the way that I set up the video package was that it showed that it should actually be a one-on-one -on -one match between Joe Hendry and Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Kidd. But actually, at the last pay-per-view, Joe Hendry attacked Cody Rhodes with his match against Matt Riddle. And then uh, Joe Hendry came out to defend Cody. And then, um, uh, what is it, w WCPW officials said, hey, let's have a match with all three of them for the title. Uh, Cody looked great. Uh, Cody, he man, always looks great. Yeah, Cody, since his departure from WWE, like, I can only imagine the chip on this guy's shoulders because he was told in WWE, you can be a WWE champion, but not right now. We got other things that are going on. And they saddled him with that terrible Stardust gimmick. I hated Stardust. I'm sorry. And they they did all these jokes. And uh, just a year ago, he's like, you know what? Bump it. I'm leaving. And I'm going to go do what I want. And the guy has done everything over twice and made it look fantastic. Cody looks great in his execution. He he oozes charisma, and I can't wait to see him one day, hopefully, return back to WWE. Um, but also to not just shine on uh, on Cody, Joe Hendry did a very good heel job. Uh, he, he he's so out, good. Yeah, his uh, I've never had ever seen him or anything, but his matter, mannerisms really reminded me of Adam Cole here in the United States uh, from ROH. Uh, his his movements in the ring, his swagger about him really came off like a main event heel that I want to see get his uh, acclaim. And uh, definitely, I might even go back and look at some of his stuff. But the standout in this match was for sure Gabriel Kidd. Gabriel Kidd was the person doing doing and taking the most offense the whole match. Mm -hmm. And he looked great. For 20 years old, he was doing everything. Um, and uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, abs absolutely, man. I feel like this match actually could have been just a main event on NXT or even on, you know, in WWE because everyone was just on top of their game. Uh, Joe Hendry is a fantastic face and a fantastic heel. He can do both. Um, they should, WWE should sign him. Um, yeah. As much as I don't want him to leave WCPW, they should sign him because he's a guy who's great on the mic but can also back it up in the ring. I mean, he doesn't have the flashiest style even when he is a face, but 
it would still work and everything was just clicking um this is the match that i would show people because uh, that want to get introduced to wcpw because you have that facial recognition of cody rhodes who is always great but you have these other guys who you probably haven't heard of but also are living up to those expectations and of what you expect out of wrestling and this is by far just as we both said the best match on the card and something that people would want to watch and by the way Micah if you want to watch a good Joe Hendry match he had an excellent match against Kurt Angle uh, a few months ago when uh, they faced each other the Olympic hero versus at the time I believe he was called the local hero Joe Hendry um, oh, okay I'll have to go check that out um, yeah, very good uh, is there anything else you want to uh, leave about the triple threat match, Matt? Uh, no, no. I think we said everything we possibly could about both competitors, uh, all three competitors, and I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to Gabriel Kidd's uh, defense as as he goes onward and see where the rest of the story goes on. There's there's tons of possibilities, and uh, oh, I can't say this. The commentators did really, really, really good. Uh, they um explaining that. Prestige is now the main big problem for WCPW. That uh, Gabriel Kidd is the uh, up-and-comer kid. That he has lost every single WCPW match he's ever had with 22 losses as his record to this point. Zero wins, 22 losses. This is his first win, biggest win ever, actually. And um, the, 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 the future is really bright for the kid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next match of the night uh, was, I gotta be honest, man, it was the most disappointing match. Not that it was particularly bad. Uh, it was Rey Mysterio versus El Ligero, with Rey Mysterio hitting the 619 on Ligero uh, for the victory. Um, Rey, man, this, he just was sloppy. <laughs> and, and you expect... I mean, Liguero's good. Um, he's a lot better than when he first started in WCPW. Um, but it's saying something that when you're having a match with Rey Mysterio and El Liguero was carrying the match. Because Rey seemingly just couldn't n- nail any offense with any like crispness to it. He completely fell out of the ropes when he was trying to do a 619. And I don't think that was on purpose. I really don't. Um, the way he, yeah, the way he fell. I know the announcers were trying to sell it like that, but it, it just didn't work. Um, it at best this match was fine. Um, I wanted it to be better because Rey Mysterio is the one of the best luchadors of all time, probably the best luchador of all time, and one of the most recognizable superstars in wrestling history. Um, Andrew put it precisely that during the match, Ray, his he's 42 years old with tons of leg issues and back issues, and you can see it a lot in this match. Um, and uh, I I haven't seen really a lot from Ray uh, over the years since he's been gone. I've just heard that he's done things here and there, so I don't know how his style has been since he's left. Um, but El Ligero carried the whole match, the entire match. And the whole point was that Ray can beat El Ligero at any point if he hits a 619. Because El Ligero did a lot of offense, was a lot more the person in charge of the match. And for me, when I looked at El Ligero, because he was on the very first WCPW match, if I remember correctly, I did not like him at all. There was nothing about him that made me like, oh, man, this guy looks really good or is very, very well wrestled. And this time around, when I saw him, I was like, well, all right, look at El Ligero. He's improved a lot. And I might, I'll look at a lot of his stuff from here on out. Um, I'll, I'll give it a shot, actually. Uh, but Ray, he's he's up there in age, and he's still trying to keep up with what he's doing now. And um, there's, there's the point where he tried to do the 619 for, like, the fifth time, and he just falls out of the ring. He just, uh, he tries to do the spin, and he just completely falls out of the ring. And they tried to sell it that El Ligero like pushed the ropes down ever so slightly to make him fall out of the ring, but uh, no, he just uh, it just was a slip up. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, there was a, a one spot that did impress me. Um, I have not seen Ray. I think he did a front flip plancha on the outside uh-huh. over the referee, and that was probably his highlight of the match. I haven't seen him do any of those kind of dives in a long time. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I mean, even when he was just trying to go for a Hurricane Rana, you could see him kind of laboring to get his body to do what he wanted it to do. And it was it was just kind of it was upsetting to be honest with you. I was okay with it. I wasn't I wasn't really expecting much because uh, they announced it on the card earlier, and I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna get to see Rey Mysterio. I haven't seen him in forever. Let's let's see what he's got. And I wasn't like, oh man, I'm prepared for to see Rey Mysterio blow me out of the like blow my expectations out of nowhere because even in his le- in his uh during before he left WWE in the very final trenches of it that. He was just kind of already like gas, and that was I think like four, maybe even five years ago, and um, it's it's all this time since, and he would still be. So they did they did what they did. It was it was a it was an okay match. If you were expecting more, yeah, I can see you being disappointed. But if for me as a person just stepping back into the program and just watching, it was like. That was all right. It was pretty good. Eligero, you get a thumbs up. Rey Mysterio, go take an aspirin and go to sleep real quick. I mean, to be fair, Rey looked a lot better uh, later on uh, in the main event when he when he came in in the um, oh yeah, Royal. yeah 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 yeah. He looked way better. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was just a communication thing. Because um, Rey also looked way better against Alberto Del Patron in the Mexican qualifier for the World Cup. Oh, okay. Um. Just this match, maybe I shouldn't have expected so much um, because maybe I just shouldn't have. Just when you hear Rey Mysterio, for me, you just, I expect excellence. And maybe that's unfair at this point in his career. And it's unfair for me to want him to perform at the level he used to. And I'll admit that. But it was just disappointing because I know I've seen both. I mean, you see Rey for years give five-star matches. And I've seen El Ligero grow. I've seen him become a really good wrestler and a guy who could be planted anywhere in the world and be able to not only keep up, but do really well. And it just, it just didn't do it for me. Um, there was botches, abounds. It was just kind of slow for it being a Lucha match. And it just it wasn't great. Um, it was fine. You know, I, I think that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. All right. Uh, so the final match of the night was the 30-man Rumble match for the WCPW World Heavyweight Championship uh, with the champion Drew Galloway defending. Um, this was pretty good, man. Uh, it's kind of hard to rate Rumbles like this, um, but there was lots of good action in it. Um, Martin Kirby ends up defeating, uh, becoming the new champion. Um, I think it was kind of predetermined. Everyone knew that Galloway would be dropping the championship because oh, he's yeah. going back to WWE. Um, but even with that being said, Galloway, he they sold that story really well um, of him wanting to be the champion and him wanting to stay uh, in WCPW slash take the championship with him. And I think that they chose Martin Kirby is the guy who's super over. He's really talented in the ring. Um, he's pretty small. I mean, especially maybe just Galloway just goes trumps over him because he's so damn big. Um, but there was lots of good stuff in here. You know, there were special appearances. Uh, Rockstar Spud came over from the Impact Zone. Uh, Rey yep. Mysterio made another appearance along with Cody. Uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, Doug Williams, former TNA oh, yeah. guy. Yep. Um, there was it was a good thing. Um, one one difference between this and regular Rumble matches is that pin pinfalls count in yep. WCPW Rumbles, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I like that dynamic to it, and I liked it a lot as well. There was this was good. Um, even you know Matt Stryker got in the ring. Um. If there was anything I had to complain, I don't remember. I think his name, was it Shaw Samuels? 
one of the guys, yeah. he was just, I mean, there's being a heel and there's just being annoying. Um. Oh, oh, you're talking about Gibson. Gibson, uh, that's what it was. I, I wrote down because I have like tick for tack each entrance here on my notes. I'm going to find his name real quick. Oh, God, because he entered around like ninth or something. Yeah. He entered like kind of, here we go. Uh, Zach Gibson, he was number 11. And he his whole thing was that he thought he was better than everybody, but more so better than the commentators. And he was upset that the commentators were just even there who weren't even in the match yeah, at well, that point. For No, yeah. for a huge... Max Stryker didn't enter until, like, freaking number, like, 22 or something. Um, and... Uh, and he just constantly would get out of the ring, get on the mic or get on the, on the, uh, what is it? On the headsets so that we could hear him. And he would just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, get beat up, go in the ring, beat up on a smaller person, get back out of the ring, talking and talking and talking, repeat the formula for, um, a really long time. He's in there. Too long, too long. The shtick was fine, but it took way too long, and it was all just for Wade Barrett, Stu Barrett, whatever you want to call him, just to hit him yeah. with the bull hammer elbow. My, and, my mistake. Adam Pacitti was number 22nd. Oh, <laughs> Matt that. Stryker was 15th. Adam Pacitti, oh boy. Um, thought- it was funny, but um, that was... It was fine, but it should not have taken that long for his comeuppance to happen. Uh, because it got to a point where it was just too distracting, you know? Yeah. So, um, for me, uh, first, before the match started, Gallo- uh, Drew Galloway had a very good um, video package to show all of his accolades that he's done in WCPW and how much he he himself has elevated the brand even higher than where it was. He didn't feel like a person that they had uh, paid to just show up for a special appearance he felt a part of the brand. He was kind of like their franchise player other than Martin Kirby, which uh, he also entered. Drew Galloway entered first, and the commentator said he wanted to do that, which is great face work, and that Martin Kirby entered second. And it's not that Drew Galloway is massive, because he is. Martin Kirby is small, because he also at one point was like next to Rockstar Spud, and they were just like, the same height and Spud is Spud is a small guy. Um, I I wrote down some people that stood out to me in particular. Primate, uh, he entered. Oh, he's ninth. great. <laughs> he he looked really really good as a just like destructive monster big guy. He looked awesome. He just came in the ring at ninth and he just obliterated guys left and right. Um, another person who entered, the only female who entered the match, Viper. Uh, she looked. Really good, really cool to me when she came in. Her for her being a bigger girl, and she entered number twenty, and her movements were way better than some some big women that I see wrestling now. Even uh, and I look at uh, uh, who Karma uh, for WWE or Amazing Kong. We uh, only got like a, a taste of her in WWE. Um, but I also watched some of her stuff in uh, TNA and uh, across the Indies a long time ago. But Viper, just in her one instance in that ring, was like, well, shit, I kind of want to see a lot more of her. Um, uh, and the rest was just kind of... Oh, Rampage entered at number 30. Uh, and he... No, sorry, no, Rampage he, he, at number 29. 29. Yeah. And uh, he cleaned house. He looked really good. Person I never heard of or seen before. He looked great. Um, and uh, one of my most fun parts about the match, not only was the fact that people could get pinned, that you could do whatever the hell you wanted. Bring bats, kendo sticks, garbage <laughs> cans. Uh, if you name it, it probably kind of, well, not name it, but out of your standard like hardcore things, they entered into the match and was a, a factor into it. And uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it was cool. It was fun. It was different. And Martin Kirby getting the win. Martin Kirby is WCPW. Um, I remember he was in the very, very first, one of the first matches on the very first show that they had. Uh, 
He's I've seen him on their programs like every so often bleeps and they make sure to show him um, his rise and his his acclaim that he was general manager. I didn't know that he was um, he, he was for a few months. He was uh, the general manager because he was feuding with Adam Pachidi slash Adam Parmesan is what he calls him. And um, he ended up winning his position and getting Pachidi um, out of that. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you, man. Kirby is, he is WCPW and I know yeah. he's a veteran and I know he works all over the UK indie scene. Um, but when you think of that brand, you probably, if you're not thinking of guys like Drew Galloway, Cody Rhodes, you think of Martin Kirby first and maybe Joe Hendry second. Yeah. Um, yeah. And while his, he finally hit the Zoidberg elbow, which is such a ridiculous finishing move um he also his power bomb he just calls it the sable bomb every uh, time because he says that's the most devastating power bomb in wrestling history which is just amazing um and he it's weird because he can toe that line between being serious and being a comedic character but still make it work you know when he yells at the top of his lungs stop at somebody and they do and you kick him in the head it's not like totally unbelievable which is ridiculous to even think um you're right yeah 100 percent. that his first off his finisher being this elbow thing was like what the hell is that and um and but in the spectrum of wwe we had freaking uh what is it the cobra uh, the cobra well i was trying to remember his name santino morella that's it and uh santino morella and the cobra and like Main event people sold it like death. And oh, then... yeah, man. That move, <laughs> that move was protected, like yes. stupidly protected. And uh, and his, his Zoidberg elbow uh, being his finisher was fine with me. Uh, I definitely like Joe Henry was 30. And at one point uh, before that, actually, all of Prestige was in the ring. And they were just like cleaning house, beating up everybody um, to the point. And... Uh, Rampage comes out, gets rid of most of them. Joe Henry comes out, and him and the last, the uh, guy, uh, Joe Coffey, yeah. um, beat Joe up Coffey. on Rampage and get the pin on him. Oh, uh, sorry, accidentally uh, get him to throw himself out by pulling under the ropes when he's running at him. Shortly after that, it's a two-on-two fight between the Prestige and uh, Martin Kirby and Galloway, and they start uh, Henry's... Uh, uh, what is it? Coffee gets pinned by Galloway, and immediately after, Henry hits uh, Galloway's finisher on him and pins him. And the best thing about it, the crowd was silent. The crowd, they, as you said, everyone knew he was going to lose. When he took that pin, everyone was like, oh, that's, that's it? Was that, did he mess up? And there was a slight person in the crowd like, you fucked up. But everyone didn't pick up on it because they were, they were all shocked. They knew yeah, it, it was the best possible reaction you could have to a dastardly heel pinning a face. Yeah. It, it came out of nowhere and everybody, it was just one of those moments. It was almost like heartbreaking to the point where, and that also just added to Martin Kirby's win. He's so over as a face when he, when he defeated Joe Hendry and got, you know, the pseudo revenge for Galloway. Not that, you know, they're on the same side or anything. It, it made everyone go nuts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're right. As we said, uh, Mark Kirby is WCPW. And as I said also that Galloway was really the, the person who brought it up from this small-time indie little show from these guys on the internet to something, as they said on the program, the best British wrestling show in, in England. Um, excuse me. And... That's I know of it. As an American, I know of this British show. I know of the competitors, what they're doing and whatnot. I know there's progress wrestling, and that's where most of our WWE UK people are at. I don't know anything that's going on over there. Um, and WCPW with Drew Galloway as one of their flag bearers really, really made it kind of known. And for him to drop it, and you think that Joe Hendry, the biggest heel on the program entirely, is going to win, you're kind of heartbroken. Kirby comes out of nowhere, gets the win, and this, as I said, as we both stated, this manager, managerial guy 
who is just kind of there, not really like he's important, but he's not really big. Is now their flag bearer is really cool, and I'm very interested to see where Mr. Kirby progresses the brand further and further on ahead. Yeah, absolutely, and you know this it was the perfect way to end the show. Yeah. Um, in in conclusion of just the show, um, I do think that it was a good show. It was sloppy in places, but it's definitely worth a watch um, for people who, you know, if, you, if you're not 100% into the brand, you know, like either, you know, you or Jay, um, it's worth a watch. There's some really good matches on there. There's a lot of recognizable faces. And just overall, it was super enjoyable. And that is something that, in my opinion, other brands should take note of, um, because not only were there super serious moments, but there was funny moments, you know, and the crowd was really invested. You know, yeah. you could you could have mistaken that crowd for like an NXT takeover crowd yeah. at some points. Yeah. That's how over it these guys are in that scene. And I might be a little bold in saying, but WCPW is probably the number one UK um wrestling scene right now or wrestling organization right now i can't dispute that even though i don't know most must much i'm an american and i know about it that's that speaks in volumes all right so in conclusion great show is there any uh final thoughts you want to say about the show micah um wcw wcpw you did uh, you did very good as a person stepping back into your program from the first show watching to this show watching um the 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 quality has has changed heavily from then and i appreciate uh, all that you've done and where you've gone from from internet just talking about things to little videos on youtube to making a pro program and just starting out to this big thing uh kudos and kudos to martin kirby on your success Kudos, dancer, to Gabriel Kidd, man. You're gonna, you, you did great. Joe Hendry, in particular, looked great, and I will be definitely keeping my eye on the, uh, the tournament going on for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If you guys like this and you want to see more WCPW content, we're more than willing to watch more and do more reviews. At the very least, the pay-per-views, you know, keep you updated on those. Um. Just let us know what you guys think. Uh, in wrapping up here, um, great show, and looking forward to the future of WCPW because they are doing things really well and correctly over there. That's it for me. Anybody else? Well, as far as it comes down to me watching the show, and I'm glad that I waited until the end to throw on my thoughts. Um, I kind of hinted at this a little early on, and that's why I asked you, someone who's familiar with WCPW, what's the defining style of this promotion? Because if I'm being completely honest, me watching the show, I did not get a sense of what their defining style was. I didn't get a sense of what it is that they did that they did better, or, you know, well, I'll put it like that. I didn't get a sense of what they did better than any other wrestling promotion that I've watched. And for a person like me who is not invested in WCPW, not getting that one moment where it's like, boom, that's where you hook me. Because anytime I watch a wrestling promotion, it could be a regular old TV show. I look for that one moment where it's like, that's the hook. I'll sit there and I'll ride the wave and I'll look at what's going on. But where are you going to hook me where it's like, damn it, that's the moment that's going to bring me back for that next episode. I did not get that with WCPW. And from what I heard from YouTube, one of their biggest attributes is the fact that they can pull all of this talent from all over the world. But then even though that is great, that's amazing. You all talked about it yourselves. There are some pros and some cons that come along with that. You get people that are not used to working with each other. You get people that work different styles. And it's like, how can we get over the fact that, oh my God, I'm just so excited to see these people mixing it up and in the ring with each other to the point of 
substance where it's like, okay, this is a name. Now, how can we make this person distinctly WCPW or how can we fold them into our style? And, you know, do we even have a style? Because if you don't, otherwise, this just comes off like wrestling fans running a wrestling promotion. Yeah. And it needs to be more than that. Like you, it needs to be a legit wrestling promotion. It can't come off like it's a, you know, a bunch of marks calling the shot. And I, and I say that where I'm like, okay, well, shit. If it's amazing, if if I could just, you know, have my live version of GM mode, that'd be fucking awesome. I just pull people all from across the world where I'm like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. Ooh, I would love to see that match. But it's like, you have to solidify yourself as a legit promotion. And maybe it's just that this was the wrong show for a person like me to watch, knowing how invested I am in, in stories and how I'm a big story guy. Maybe I needed to see the journey to get to this point rather than starting here. Maybe that's, that's it, but you know. That's fair. So, so very, the yeah. the Gabriel kid that didn't do it for you, the triple threat match, because I think me and Micah were both raving about that one and the storyline in it very specifically. I did see some good stuff there, but I'd be lying if I said that uh, Cody, his presence, wasn't the the hook for me. Okay, that's fair. That, you know, that's more than fair. Um, that's why I just wanted your opinion on it on the end. Um, hopefully, you know, if we ever do this again, future pay-per-views, whatever, it'll change your mind because I think they're doing some really good things over there. But, you know, every, to each their own, right? That's why we're a wrestling fan empire. Mm -hmm. We're not just a WWE fan empire. And if anyone encapsulates that, it's probably me out of all of us because I watch the most random stuff out of any of us mm -hmm. um so in wrapping up in conclusion um good show i'm glad everyone was here and that we all got to do it let us know what you think in the comments down below and from pwf empire uh this is andrew micah and jay saying goodbye for now all right peace out